so we're going over the Monday night game, and we're just looking at quarterbacks because you know the, I love quarterbacks, and so we're watching Zach Wilson, and I, I just don't know, Baldy. I look at him, and you got the first down. Like, what are you flipping? It's the second quarter. It's still a game right here. It's fourteen nothing. There was you can't, seven minutes to go in the second quarter, and they got a third and eight. And they're at the thirty-two yard line. Right, of, they're in scoring position. Charging. All right, so he, he he steps up to clear the the, the pressure. Yeah, all well and good. And everybody, it's man coverage. Everybody to his left is deep down the field of man coverage. There's nobody within twenty yards. He walks to the first down. It's a walk. It's a walk. Like he, it, he's got a blocker. The easiest eight yards he's ever going to gain. Yes. And he flips it to Michael Carter, who's being covered by Kenneth Murray. And you just go like he doesn't even realize it. Like when you watch it from this angle, when he steps up, we're behind okay. him now, behind Zach Wilson. Now. Yeah, we're watching the end zone copy. So he clears Mac and the safety Derwin James. Dude, run the freaking ball! Like he, like you see, is like he doesn't see anything. Look at him. Like, he still he doesn't realize. Green. He still doesn't realize that he could have ran for the first down. I know. It's like looking at the, the desert. It's third and eight, and you give you get three yards on the pitch. And, like, he doesn't even see it. Yeah, that's terrible. Now, listen, I understand that they're decimated injury-wise on that line for the Jets. So, you know, you, you, you got to deal with that stuff. But this is where he needs to... You know, like you got to make a play. Like you know better than anybody, right? Your quarterback has to make you believe. Yeah. Like you got to be. You, if you're going to block for him, you're going to run for him, you're going to catch for him. You, you he's got to make you believe. Well, he doesn't instill any confidence. Now, the pressure was bad. Like you know, I don't know what they were doing putting yeah. Billy Turner at right tackle. The right tackle, Max Mitchell, who had played okay. In his second year, they played him at right guard. He's never played right guard before. They weakened. They they try to strengthen one position, the right tackle, and they weakened two. two. And then they took Joe Tipman, who was drafted to be the center, but has never played center, and hadn't played in a month because of an injury. He comes back and starts his first game at center. So now you got a, a center making his first start. Max Mitchell has never played right guard, and you got an aging right tackle in Billy Turner, and you're going up against Cleo Mack and Joey Bosa, <laughs> yeah, and you know the the group, and so. Um, they couldn't, you know, they just couldn't, they couldn't run, they didn't run the ball at all. Um, they didn't run it well. They tried, but they couldn't do it. I know. I mean, there was nowhere for them to go. They dropped back 57 times. I love Brees Hall, but you're going to, and you're going to make his kid throw 57 times. Yeah. Well, like, they, and your defense played well. Yeah. Defense played great. You know, it's one of those AFC defenses. Like, to, I said this morning after watching it, they wasted a great defensive effort. They held. The Chargers to 190 yards of offense. I mean, they Justin Herbert can't Herbert. play any worse. Yes. Justin Herbert looked. He looked lost. He did? He looked lost. Like, they were they were chasing him. They were sacking him. The and only good thing is he didn't turn the ball over. Now, listen, and I I just think they play great defense. Like they do. I, I wasn't like, uh, Herbert, you play poorly. Just, you know, sometimes you get a – like, there wasn't a lot of plays for him to make. No. No, watching mean, that thing. Keenan Allen made one great play on third down. Yeah, how about fourth that? Quarter, that catch. Wow, was, ten thousand. You know, yeah, ten thousand yards on that catch. So you know, the Kellen Moore to his to his strength as the offense coordinator, like he's moved Keenan around this year. Yeah, and he's unleashed him. Yeah, and and they need him because they lost Josh Palmer, they lost Michael Williams. They're playing the rookie out of TCU, Quentin Quentin Johnston, who he's he's got a long ways to go. So like they're they're not. 
full speed by any stretch at wide receiver last night. Yeah. But regardless, I mean, you know, they're a deep ball passing team. They couldn't get anything over the top of the Jets. And you can't run on them. I mean, they, you know, you got Eckler and yeah, I mean, they're just not a good running team. They just haven't been. It's been a big weakness of theirs. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It is. It's, you know, we're just talking about quarterbacks. All right. Well, guess what? This is another edition of the All City NFL podcast. Uh, Brian Baldinger, I'm Anthony Gargani, caught us in the middle of uh, a little film study. Yeah. So we're, we're just getting walked to in it. on it. I mean, no, but like, you know, you, you like you see a little, you see a lot. Like, he doesn't see the field. Um, you know, they felt like Joe Douglas fell in love with his arm coming out of BYU. But I don't know, he's in his third year now. Like, can you see progression? Like, you just, like, I understand, like, it'd be difficult for a lot of quarterbacks to have success when you literally can't throw the ball more than 10 yards down the field because you don't have time. But, you know, I just... I, th- I think it's just a bad mix right now of, like, trying to figure out what they can do well, okay, you know, versus what they're capable of doing. Like, there's got to be a game plan, no matter what you have, that you got to make the best. That's coaching. Right, right. Like, let's figure out what we can do with what we have, rather than let's just try to run our offense. So, let me ask you a question. So, Aaron Rodgers, the camera pants that Aaron Rodgers is a bunch of, obviously, Right. What's going? You, and you see, he can't control himself. Like, oh yeah, no, he's watching the game and he's he's moving and this and that. You've been around injured players, like injured star players. How difficult? Forget money, forget all that stuff. Aaron Rodgers is a competitor, right? Like, how difficult is it for him? Who, you know, the whole New York thing and like. He's a prideful guy. Like, he chose the Jets. It was a big deal. It was in the news everywhere. And he's just sitting there, and he's got to watch that. So, he's, he has uh, just a smorgasbord of emotions. You got the fans in the stands, and they're just, like, covering their eyes going, can it get any worse? Right. You know, like they fumbled oh, they were like in the first quarter. Yeah, exactly. You Garrett Wilson fumbled. Brees Hall, like, the, the pitch to Brees Hall. for a touchdown. I mean, it was ugly. Like, you know, you know the, the, the game wasn't 90 seconds old. And Darius Davis is going 87 yards. Yeah, yeah. You go like, and, and so as a Jet, if you're a Jet fan, it's been 50 years. Yeah. You go, this is what we expect. Like I actually texted out or tweeted out during the game. I go, it can't get any worse, can it, Jet fans? And they're like, we're Jet fans. It always can get worse. <laughs> like there was funny, you know. But well, I wasn't being a gallows humor. I wasn't being left. cynic, you know. But like, look, it was 14 nothing, 14 three. Okay, like it's still. They were down 13-3 to Buffalo in the fourth quarter, week one on Monday night, and came back and won the game. So I'm like, okay, there's, there's hope. But I think Aaron Rodgers, he, he's, he's seeing the fans, and he knows that they, have, they deserve better. Then he's watching the offense, and he's like, you go, every one of his guys he brought stinks. Lazard was terrible last night. Terrible. Billy Turner was terrible. Yeah. Cobb's not even on the field. Like, these are all his guys. Like, he's kind of... Like, he brought them. Yeah. Like they're coming with me. They're my so there's guys. There's some responsibility. So there's some responsibility. It's like yeah. if you recommend somebody yeah. for anything yeah. and they just just completely flub, yeah. Yeah. it's on you. Yeah. So yeah. part of them is like, you know, Val, Joe Doug, he's telling Woody yeah. Johnson, like, these guys are my guys. Like, they're going to help us. Yeah. They ain't helping. They're not helping them win anything. So, you know, they're, they're putting a rookie free agent, you know, um, and Xavier Gibson out there over him, and he's making plays. 
So that's that. Yeah, he actually looks then decent. He's, then he's looking at the defense. And he's built these relationships with Sauce Gardner and these sure. kids. And they're playing their asses off. You know, and they're like getting one stop after another stop. And now he's like, now he feels partly like I'm letting these guys down. Like I see them. Yeah. Like they're, they're, they're still playing hard. They're still making these plays. They're still keeping us in the game. I can't help them. Then he's looking at the dysfunction of the offense. Quarterback's missing throws. Doesn't see the field. Uh, the protection's breaking down. And, like, I think he just sees all of it. And, you know, part of him probably wants to go and um, build the kid's confidence up. But it's game day. Like, he's got to figure this stuff out. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and that's what we love the sport, which is why we do this. It's cruel. Like, cruel. sometimes, God, you know, when you're talking about an injury, and I remember uh, – I guess it was Andy, and we were talking about injuries or whatever, and Andy Reid says, listen, I, you know, part of me doesn't want a lot of the injured guys around yeah. because it's just a memory. Like, it's, you look, if you're injured and I see you, it's a reminder of what happens in this game. So you almost need to be, well, as like, an injured player, is bliss. Yeah, but as an injured player, like, honestly, you don't feel a part of the team. Yeah. You want to be a part of the team, but you, you can't feel any of the agony. You can't feel any of the ecstasy. Like, you're immune to it. You can't, the heartache, the, the you know, if you're in Minnesota, if, if you're Kirk Cousins, and you watch Joshua Dobbs take the team down, win the game, like, you're happy, you're Viking, you're Skull all the way, you can't really celebrate that the way you want to. Like, you're happy as hell for Josh Dobbs and for the whole team. They've won the fourth in a row, but you, you're not a part of it. You know, but I think part of the reason why Aaron Rodgers is just so aggressive and adamant about this rehab, and I could be wrong, I'm, I'm, I shouldn't speak for him, but I'm just on the outside looking in. I think one of the reasons why he's out there throwing these passes, like he feels like he owes yeah, he his does. organization yeah. something. I, I love the guy. I, I, I got to tell you, I love the guy. I always have. I think he's an incredible talent. He's he, like I still go back. To throws he makes that stand in my mind. Oh yeah, a sideline throw against the Cowboys. Yes, that was. Yes, do you remember? I, remember, that? I totally remember Playoff that throw. Game. Like just ridiculous. Like he's arm talent and moves. No, I tell you, I tell you this. So he gets signed. So the Jets call me and they say, "Hey, can you make a video of the top ten plays of Aaron?" Rodgers? Oh, give me out. I told <laughs> no, no. Yeah, but like you know how hard that is. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you're you're like. Okay, Hail Marys. Yeah. Like there's, there's five Hail Marys. Yeah, yeah. Detroit. Like, you just know that. I mean, he was doing that on a reg. Like, on yes. a reg. Like, how nuts is that? Like, he would do those Hail Marys. Those Hail Marys. Right. Wow. So, if you go, okay, Hail Marys. He like two and three weeks, I, I think. He, he, he had a stretch. Yeah. You know, but that playoff game you're talking about against Dallas. Yeah. You know, that was a, the, the, the playoff game. That uh, throw was a missile. And it was just like sliding right out of bounds. Yes, it was like, a foot off the side, yeah. off the ground, a foot off the ground. Like that's quarterback. Yeah. Now, so you know, but even um, even catching teams with twelve men on the field, the the uh, smoke routes. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Guy jumps off sides. I got a free play. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like he just knew how to put the dagger right in the side and just dig it in. You know, like just like I was on a podcast in Chicago today. And I made a Aaron Rodgers, you know, reference about something. And they were like, you know, like, he took the heart right out of the Chicago Bears. Yeah. Like, just pulled it right yeah. out of them. You know? Owned them. Yes. It's true. Owned them. It's, it's amazing. It was funny. I, I, had a, I was watching. I, I, go, I went back and forth 
and I saw uh, Peyton, and the mm-hmm. uh, which I love the Manning yeah. cast, and like Peyton's getting frustrated right. watching Zach Wilson. He's going no, I'm like what are you doing? Like you got to do this and that. And when you watch it, like when you see a guy as great as Peyton Manning, and you just see the frustration because he's he's living this thing, and then you got Rogers who's on the field who's directly part of it. So I was doing this uh, high school football camp for the top high school quarterbacks in the country a couple of years ago. We were in Indianapolis, and Nathaniel Hackett was teaching part. He's a great teacher. So he was there. There was a lot of, a lot of NFL coaches, but Nathaniel was there. So one of the exercises I did with Nathaniel was we went in the film room, me, just me and him, and we had cameras in there, and we watched the playoff game between the Rams and the Packers from a couple of years ago. Yeah. We really went through the whole game. So he's, he's, we're, we're taking him from, here's the play that came in. This is what Aaron did with the play. This is what he changed to. This is why he changed it. This is what he saw. Oh, this is awesome. I mean, it was a oh, this it was is like, meat locker. It was, it was like, honest to God, it was so I don't care what if you're Peyton and you're watching that game, you're still removed from the call to yes. what the quarterback is seeing, to what the defense is doing. You're still removed. Yep. Okay, you're still not in that moment. You can analyze it to a to a pretty accurate, but you really don't know. The specifics, how the play came in. Did he flip it when he came in? Did he have to change the formation? Did he have to, like, the clock was going down. We had to do this. Like, all these elements. But anyways, we, we talked through it, you know, and why he changed it on fourth down and three. You know, uh, Devontae. What, yeah, what do you remember? What do you remember from that? Now you got me. Well, what what, what, out over this. It's almost like, so this is, I'm tying this back to what yeah Zach was doing last night. Yeah. So I remember talking to Nathaniel this year. I go, look, you've got 20 years of NFL experience in Aaron Rodgers. You've got a kid coming off his second year, been in and out of the lineup. Like, how do you get him up to speed if something happens so that he can run Aaron's, the Aaron version of the offense? He can't. We yeah. saw it last night. So there's like a disconnect, like all the things that Aaron can do. And I was just uh, – I was talking to somebody that played with the Saints – I don't know if it was Jari Evans or it was somebody um, tied into the Saints. And all the things Drew Brees did at the line of scrimmage, the run game, you know, just the counting of the box, you know, is it run pass? What kind of run? Is it an RPO? What kind of pass? Is it a quick pass? Is it a screen pass? All the things that you could do at the line of scrimmage to take advantage of whatever the defense is doing. Like, I even know, um, like, if you're playing Kansas City right now, okay, Defense is out of this world, right? But if you're a quarterback and you see Chris Jones isn't in the lineup, like he's on the sideline, aren't you thinking, like, I got a better chance to take a yeah, deep shot now right. without this monster coming exactly. out? Exactly. Like, those little things, like, they could take advantage of. Yeah, and that's always something that's, like, you got to be in tune to who's across from you, knowing just, not just numbers, knowing who am I looking at, what am I looking at, it's it's fascinating, and that's you're right. The gift of a Rodgers is that he saw every like he processed everything on the field, everything. We talked about quick processing yesterday. Being able to process things that fast, and knowing who I I don't see Chris Jones there. Uh, uh what are they in? Okay, where where am I? Who do I got? And like 
He makes that call right off the bat. But, you know, if you go back to Sunday afternoon game in, in Philly with Dallas, like, C.D. had a great game. Yeah. But he was in the slot a lot. So the Eagles, they put Eli Ricks on him. They put Sidney Brown on him. Yeah. Like, they put, uh, you know, Byard on him. Like, nobody could cover him. So at some point, you got to go, well, we got to get out of this man coverage. Like, he's killing us. And he did. You know, he's, he's wearing all these guys out with his route running, his moves, like his change of direction. And you go, at some point, you go, man, whatever the game plan we had, like, let's just sit in zone. And, like, let's just sit there and wait on it. You know, like, let's – so, I. but even, like, you know, some of these coordinators in this league, they're so married to the script, the offense. Meanwhile, you've got a corner out there. Like, for example, a couple weeks ago, the Eagles are playing Washington. Like, I don't know what Washington is thinking, but they're playing all this man coverage. There's A.J. Brown out there. Like, A.J. Brown sees Emmanuel Forbes. It's like – I mean, it'd be like um, Manute Bowl trying to cover, you know, Shaq. <laughs> Right? Like, that's, like, physical. Why you want Manute? Yeah, I want Manute. Like, Manute Bowl trying to come so Shaq. So, Manute Bowl, Google him. Yeah. Seven foot seven. He weighed, like, a buck 30. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that's what it looked like. When I see AJ against Emmanuel Ford, yeah. like, come on, Jack. Yeah. Del Rio. Yeah. Like, you can't do this. He's yeah. a rookie. Like, you can't ruin his con. Like, AJ Brown's a beast. Yeah. Like, physically, he, he can't win those. But, you know, so they're playing all these, you know, these man coverage things. And you go, that's not a that's not a fair fight. Like you, but but you, but my point is, you get these matchups, like Dallas got the other day. They're seeing Eli Ricks. Like he, look, he might be. Yeah. Why, why why don't you attack? Like like so. This is what's called inside uh, football or inside you know podcast. The game within the game. Because there's two ways I want to go right here. One, I want to get back to the where we started, which was the injured players. And I want to tie to Carson Wentz. Yes. Which we will do in a minute. However, because Baldy took me down this road, <laughs> I need to veer off a little bit. And I need to ask you about, like, when you see a matchup, the one thing I love about Nick Sirianni is he goes back and he'll go back. If he sees a weakness, he attacks it until they make an adjustment. So there's an old philosophy. Chip Kelly had it, but Nick definitely has it. Sometimes you double up a play because it worked. But sometimes you double up a play because it's supposed to work, and it should have worked. So, like, I remember certain games last year for the Eagles when they were really running the ball, and Jalen was a big part of it, right? But, like, they played Green Bay. They ran for 350 yards against the Packers. Like, Lane Johnson never – he ran one play, this tackle trap, 11 times. Uh, he, he said he never pulled that many times in his life. He did it in one game. And, you know, it, Green Bay couldn't stop it. So they kept it. They did the same thing on quarterback draw against Indianapolis Colts. They're pulling Kelsey to the strong side. They ran the play over and over again. They ran it for a touchdown. Like, Nick sees things like that and is like, go to it. Just stay with it. But that's what you should do. Like, when I was in Buffalo for a little while and Marv Levy was the coach, we ran the K-1 offense with Jim Kelly. Like, literally, we had four running plays, because I could draw the plays. I still remember <laughs> They had four running plays, and the, the advantage of it was, you know, this is Thurman Thomas. You know, this is a great running football team. But, like, literally every individual drill was those four run plays against every look. It could be a bare front. It could right. be an even front. It could yeah. be an odd front, whatever. Like, whatever you were in, yeah. we could run those four plays against anybody. Sure. Counter, draw, slant, outside zone, whatever. Yeah. I mean, you, literally, you could teach it in five minutes. Um, but it was – but they played fast. 
And no matter what you wanted to jump into, you want to try to take the run away, this is how we block it. So we, we, we never had to ever do the mental gymnastics of thinking, even if they're shifting or doing this stuff late, we've already done it all. Yeah. Do all of our walkthroughs. Yeah. So there's a, there is an advantage to some simplicity, but I just think coaches look at their scripts, cuz, and they're like, oh, we haven't run that third down play yet. Well, what about the ones that have already worked? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, just because you show something doesn't mean it's dead. No. They have this play in this league right now. Uh, Warren Sapp calls it triple trap double scoop. The Eagles ran it once the other day. They didn't run it very good. But it's literally like tight ends in an off position. Okay. And everybody traps. The, wait, wait. Can you? I can wait, draw it. Draw I can it draw, up. I'll, draw, I'll draw it up. up right here. Yeah, draw it up. Triple trap double scoop. I love that. Triple okay. trap double scoop. Yeah. So if you get this, and you can run it against any really any kind of front, but it's, it's better against an even front. So here's your tight end. And he could be off the ball a little bit, okay? So you tight end here. Yep. Okay. So you get an even front here in some kind of like this, okay? Uh -huh. So you do this. You you go. Uh, let's see. You trap here. Okay. You trap here, and you trap there. So there's your three traps. You wham here. You trap right here, and you you trap there. Okay, now the back is going to come here. Now, the tackle here, all right, he's doing this, and he's scooping. And this tackle right here, like he's setting his man up, and then he's scooping. So you get to the second level, and you get three traps at the point. Wow. Triple trap. Wow. It's, double it's scoop. A, double scoop. I love yeah. double scoop. Yeah. So the Eagles ran it the other day. But, like, you know, uh, if you remember back to um, – but you get to the second level, and you got both tackles. So if you remember, DeAndre Swift ran it in Detroit last year, in the opening game of the season. He went for 50. Yeah, 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 yeah. They triple-trapped, double-scooped the Eagles on, on the first quarter. <laughs> so I see teams like teams Freaking copy, love it. Teams copy that play. It's That's good, a great play. It's a good play. But, like, like, I've seen teams run that play, okay, but that's a play that you can run more than once. Yeah. You, like, you might not want to run it twice in the same series. Right, right, but right. But if you ran it in the first quarter and you had success with it, Bring it, dust it off and bring it back in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah. When you when you're looking for something and you and hey, you're you're trying to you got the lead and it's four minute offense. You're you're about to go into it. Bust it out. No, but I will tell you, like, so people always ask me about um, you know offense line coaches. What makes a great offense yeah. line coach? So I, I I played for a couple. Dante Scarnecchia. I yeah, played yeah, for. yeah, yeah. Dante was a great yeah. coach. Went up to New England with, with yeah. part, uh, Belichick. Uh, Bill Muir was a good offense line coach. I had him in Indy. Uh, had him in Philly. You know, but like, so Jeff Stoutland, Bill Callahan, like, they can develop players. Like, you know, Bill Callahan found this guy, Wyatt Teller, free agent kid, undrafted. He's a right guard in Cleveland now. I'll see him this weekend. Like, he's a Pro Bowl player. But he, he has a, he's got a, a, a good body. Like, he's athletic enough. And then he's tough as nails, right? So you find guys like that, and you're like, smart, tough athletic enough, right? He, he's not going to do, like, he's not going to dance out there, be a dancing, but, but he's but he's got a good base and he's smart. So you find those guys, so you develop those guys. And, you know, obviously Stout's done the same thing with different guys. Stout's got a good eye, too. He's got a great eye, okay? I mean, Malata was his guy. Yeah. So anyways, but that's one, that's a phase of it, installing the run game. That's a phase. But the big thing is, like, say Baltimore or Cleveland are playing this weekend. 
right? It's going to be an unbelievable yeah, match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Baltimore's a running football team. So they've got two inside linebackers. They've got Koromora, right, Koromoa, and they got Walker. So, But they play different fronts up front. So if you're Baltimore, let's say you're uh, Kevin Zeitler, the right guard, and Tyler Linderbaum, and you've got to block the Mike linebacker, but you can't get to him. But all week long, we, we drew it up, we chalked it, we walked through it, we got to the Mike linebacker all week long. Now the game's going on. And damn if you can't get to the Mike linebacker. So you come off, and he just made another play. And, you know, uh, one-yard gain. Well, we didn't block the Mike linebacker. Well, no shit. Okay. Yeah. So how are we going to do it? So you come to the sideline, and you're looking at the things, and you're like, okay, you get the whiteboard out. All right, look, how about if we fold it? You know, that's where Kelsey yes. comes in. Like, yeah. that's where Kelsey fixes things yeah. on the fly. Yeah. You don't yeah. even have to get to the sideline. Yeah. That Mike linebacker's making this play. Yeah. Oh, let's do this. Yeah. Let's, let's, I'm going to pull. Make sure you get a good down block. Yeah. yeah. You know? And so that's where teams need the veteran guidance because Always. some days the game dictates what you have to alter or change. The veteran guys, it's, it's so amazing because I think, I look at teams that win, and it's, you know, everybody knows it. We all say it. You get a veteran offensive line that have seen it. Like, that's a big – So, I'll give you an everything. example. So, the Rams play Indianapolis a couple weeks ago in Indianapolis, and Aaron Donald literally ruined Indianapolis' offense yes. by himself. Yeah. Now, they got good young players, Byron Young. They got a lot of good yeah. young players. But he literally ruined the offense. So, the Eagles are playing. Um the Rams the next week. So I'm getting a, a text message from some guys with the Eagles going, have you watched Aaron Donald? I'm like, yeah, he ruined that offense last week. So literally, Kelsey, Lane, Stout, they're watching the, the cut-ups of the game. They're watching the game. And they're like, Kelsey's like, we can't let that happen to us. And Kelsey's like, how about if I just travel anywhere Aaron Donald goes? Because he lines up outside the tackle. Yep. He's over the nose. He's everywhere. So – you, how about if we adjust the protection to whoever Aaron Donald is, and I'm going to go in that direction, and I will double him wherever he's at. So, like, they literally— That's freaking genius. It is. It is. And so— Are you kidding me? What the Rams should have done is they should have covered Kelsey. Yeah. Once they realized or found out— What they were doing. What they were doing, but they didn't. He was uncovered. So it was easier for him to go travel with to Aaron Donald. Wherever well, he was. I mean, when you're when you're allotting your center to go double in that spot, you got the, like now the counter is I'm going to just attack a gap all day long. That, that that's the counter. So it's interesting. So there's a play in the game where literally Aaron Donald like lines up on the outside shoulder of Lane Johnson, and Lane Johnson ends up blocking him all the way across the formation to the other side of the guard. So I'm watching it going, why is Lane blocking him? Like, from one side of the field to the other. He's the right tackle. Right. So it turns out that Kelsey got caught. Um, something happened where he had to go pick up, a, a, like, a, a free hitter. Right. So he got caught and couldn't get to Aaron Donald. So Lane's like, well, I'm on him. I might as well I, just keep I'll, I'll just keep going. I'll just keep going. Which is, which is smart on Lane. Which is just instinctive, yeah. you know. But this is, like, all the things that you can never really see and really understand watching any television copy of any game. You don't. You don't see that. You can't see it. You, it's you, impossible. You as, a, as an analyst no, on Sunday, no. You can. You, you know, if you're eight, and let alone fans, like we're, you know, 
you know, this, all this gamesmanship, all this stuff that happens inside, it's just so fascinating, man. It, it really is. All right, let's get back because I veered off. Yeah. But let's get back to the news of yesterday, which is Carson Wentz goes to the Rams. Now, we were talking about injured players and Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. and having to watch it. So one of the charges against Carson was when they were going to the Super Bowl in the 2017 year that he was mopey and that he was not celebrating and Nick Foles is the guy. And, yeah. and Darren Sproles, veteran, who you love, you know, he, he got in the Carson's grill. It was yeah. like, yo, dude, listen, we're, this is where we're at. Right. And I always felt like a little bad because, man, there is nothing worse than the predicament that Wentz was in. Yes. How do you walk the tightrope of, you know, I know it's about team and I'm about team, but I'm the quarterback and now all of a sudden the other quarterback is is winning. Yeah. Well, without so, being fake about it. Yeah. Well, the tightrope is this, is that you have to do everything you can do to help that guy out. That's the only position you can be in. Yeah. There's a part of you that says, I hope he's not too successful because then they're winning without me. That's an ego. That's all ego. Right. You have to. It's you amazing. To, ego is so bad for you. It's terrible. So that's a horrible ego thing. Like you kind of root. We, we, you, you see it all the time. Guys that are, are out there, like they're rooting against the player or the team because they're not a part of it. Right. And they and they love these people. Like it's it's not that they're they have ill will or anything. It's ego. I had a guy tell me, uh, dear guy Travis, told me about ego divides, like conquers. Mm-hmm. It wants to make you lonely. And there's no other place in sport, like than sports, where the ego can win. That's good. It's a good point. I mean, it's 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 true. There's no place for it. Um, but especially it's, football. But you know the the irony of Carson. Just this week, yeah. okay? I mean, you go back and you watch Brett Ripien play. I mean, they just needed a, a play up against Green Bay. Green Bay wasn't playing. No. I mean, you know, it's a 10-3 game. I mean, they needed a play. They couldn't make the play. And I p- put some plays up of his. Like, it was just bad. So, you know, you just see, like, Sean McVay couldn't stomach it, okay? So, th- the irony is this. Now, Detroit plays the Rams this weekend. Jared Goff's coming back to Los Angeles. I mean, I can't believe it. We were doing radio every day in 2016. Oh, yeah. The discussion, both teams trade up. The Rams trade up to one. The Eagles trade up twice to get to number two. And the debate, the debate ran forever because both teams were holding it close to their vest. Right. Like, who's going to one? Rams are going to one. There was a lot of talk that they would go Wentz one. We didn't know. Like, honestly, we're all yeah. we're looking at Schefter. We're looking yeah. at Glaze. We're looking at yeah. all the talking people out there that has the insight. Nobody's giving us anything, okay? So I don't know when it got finally revealed. But I think both teams were very happy with who they got. Yeah. So, obviously, things have turned sour for Carson. Jared Goff has found a really good home, a place where he's really loved. He's going back to Los Angeles where his coach – that they went to the Super Bowl together, cut him, and said, I got to do better at this position. I'll go get Stafford. All right. So he so Jared Goff's gonna be in Los Angeles against the Rams. When the Rams go and sign Carson Wentz, he'll be in a uniform this weekend. 
And we don't know if Stafford's going, not going. We don't know the hand situation. But, you know, they picked up Baker Mayfield last week, you know, at a bus stop and played him on, a, you know, during the, the, a couple days later. So who knows? Like, but it's going to be, you know, I always say that in the NFL, you don't have to create any storylines. No. They write themselves. That every week. It's like this storyline this week with Detroit and Los Angeles. Angeles. I know. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You're bringing me back to that time. And, you know, I remember thinking of, of golf system, you know, coming out of Cal, right? Remember? Totally. Good arm, but, you know, Wentz was, and like, I was enamored by Wentz because I, I thought, you know, six, five, could move, had a big arm. They, like they, they called him a cyborg. Like, he didn't look like, uh, he didn't physically, like, he was just tougher than anything and run through anything. Um, you know, a huge arm. Do you remember the play? This is nuts. Do you remember the play? We broke this down. Uh, it was overtime against Detroit, and it was Slay. And it was Carson was under fire because it was overtime. Okay. And see if you remember the play. And, and overtime, he looks, and it's early, second, it's first down. I think it was first down. He just got the first down. And he sees Aguilar. I remember the play. I, remember, I know the man, play. He takes a deep shot. Yes. And he gets intercepted. Yes. I and remember the play. Yeah. Who does it? But it's man coverage, right? And we're looking. We're going, that's the correct decision. Because you're going to have to make that play. If you're in a playoff game, you got to make that play. you got to make that throw. All right? Like if And you, the throw was good, was if I remember. Throw. I think Aguilar you know, yeah, ran yeah. one of his routes. You know, and so um, it got picked. And so Carson was under heat and, you know, consternation about it. But I said at the time, that's the right throw. It was. You have to make that throw. Like, you win, you win playoff games because of those kind of throws. Well, and it was the correct, if you think about the correct play, the correct decision, this was pre-Baldy breakdown. This was a Baldy breakdown. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and, and I remember watching the tape. We had it on your laptop. Yeah. And we're watching the tape. We're going, well, this is where you got to go with the football. Right? Like, you got to go here because you got man. I mean, where, what are you going to do? Just 50 yards down the field. Right? I mean, you win it. You yeah. win the game. Go You're the win. hero. Play to win. So, interesting. Goes back to him. Always want to be hero ball. Which I think goes back to ego. See how we do this? We There is a... You, you, a winding path. Yeah. There, it is a path. They're all attached. All these thoughts are connected. Now, you got to have a beautiful mind to connect them. But they're also in a, in a path that's connected. But you, you, you look at them and you go, damn, Carson, don't play hero ball. Well, he, you know, I, look, I, I've analyzed this thing a couple different ways. Yeah. Okay. You're 6'5", you're 240. You have this freak athletic ability. <clears throat> like, I, I contend that you go to North Dakota State, Maybe that's all you, you were offered. I don't know all the stories, right? Right, right. But you go to North Dakota State. Like, it, it's not the Big 12. It's not the Big 10. You're playing in that level. So you've always been the biggest, strongest guy. And the offense was built around you. Like, it doesn't matter if it was him, Easton Stick. Like, the quarterbacks ran the ball. So it was – they were dual-threat guys. They threw it. But they also had NFL concepts, like real double tight ends. And yep. they had real concepts. So I remember doing a film session with Carson here. He brought a play from his from North Dakota State to the Eagles that they installed. Really? Yes. So I think Zach Ertz caught a touchdown, a big touchdown pass. 
And they ran the play pretty frequently, but it was his play from North Dakota State. And Doug, like, inserted in the offense, whatever. But I, I contend that Carson was just always bigger and stronger, faster than everybody else, and never actually learned how to throw a football. Yeah. Like, he, everything was just Makes upper sense. body. Yeah. So, like, he just relies on his natural yeah. arm strength. Yeah. Rather than, like, Kurt Warner always tells me, like, you always have to have your weight on your back foot. Yeah, base. Because you don't know if Aaron Donald's going to hit you in the chops. Yeah. And you got to be able to transfer your weight. Yeah. But you can't be just standing here doing this and then just. No. Like, so he never really. Which is why, which is why you and I were watching the, the tape earlier this week. Bryce Young. Bryce Young did not have. He had his weight on his front foot. And those two picks. Yeah. And but, 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 but his feet are facing this way. Right. And, and when he transfers it. It's, he don't have enough on the ball, so it's a pick six. He threw two of them. But, you know, if you ever, like, my favorite guy to watch with the footwork was Drew Brees. Like, yeah. he was a, you know, he was a state champion tennis player. He had natural feet. They always brought up the tennis thing. But yeah. whether, but every time he went through his progressions, his feet changed. They changed not because he was going to make that throw, but if he did make the throw, he's set to make the throw. It's why he's, I think he's the most accurate quarterback of all time. You know, but, you know, his footwork was elite. And so you look at these guys. interesting, too, because he ran those deep drops, right? Seven, nine, 11. You know, because everybody talked about diminutive and the whole thing. Let me me go deep drop to see. But, man, I think about, you bring this up. In my mind's eye, I look at his feet. I go, damn. Well, he also could throw through the trees because his footwork was always – Okay, let me get to the best path to make the throw. The window. Yeah. But the feet always moved. Oh, he was always looking at the window. He yeah. had to, he he somehow saw the window open. But I but but Carson, like John D. Filippo was the quarterback coach when he first came yeah. in. Right. So, you know, John was a stickler on the fundamentals of the game. He in after his rookie year in 2016, um, you know, he said, like, you gotta you wanna get you wanna be great, you we gotta get these fundamentals right. And he read him the riot act. And he started 2017. He goes on that unbelievable tear. He's the you know MVP of uh, the league up until that game against the Rams on a Sunday night, which is the irony. He's gets got signed by the Back Rams. To the Rams, like the, like you know that somehow in the recesses of your boy's mind, he remembers when oh, yeah. doing that damn yes. So, but like you know, his his career changed that night yeah. against the Rams when he tore the ACL. And he scored a touchdown. He scored a touchdown. Okay. But but regardless, like I don't like just fundamentally, like he became like like Donovan in a way. Like he was just inaccurate, yeah. missing throws, just check downs. Yeah. You know, like the his, What are you looking at? You gotta be able to see that stuff right in front of you. He didn't see a linebacker in front of you in space. Yeah. Well, I mean, but then you, what happens is like you watch these the elite quarterbacks in the pocket now. And it's like a boxer in the middle of the ring. They can just parry a punch, like just so subtly yeah. move. Like he, everything was over-dramatized. If he felt pressure, like, man, it was like this quick yeah. jerk to, yeah, yeah, to yeah, leave yeah, the pocket, yeah. to run. Yeah. And, you know, and then now you're out there and you got three receivers over on this side of the field, but you run to this side of the, to escape. You know, he's just like, man, he just had to calm himself down and like not overstride. Like he had to get – like. I hope that whatever he's been doing to be ready, because I know he doesn't feel like it's over. 
Right. But like, I hope. I mean, I actually feel sorry for him. Like, I actually. Like, no, but see, I'm like, look, we we just saw Clayton Toon play. Right. Brett Ripien. Right. Like, Carson, I know that this dude had an arm. Like, this yeah, dude had I a, mean, come on, man. We're watching horrible quarterback play. We, we, it, we, it's not even watchable football. Tommy DeVito. Yeah, yeah. And there's Carson sitting at home. Yeah. Playing with his kids. Yeah. So, but I hope that he's gotten a good quarterback coach and to work with him and address the things that are the reason why he's out of the league right now. Yeah. That's a great point. It really is. All right. Wow. So, Baldy, hmm. tomorrow we're going to do our midseason report. We should. All right. It's a halfway point. But today, because there's only 10 minutes left. Yeah. <laughs> we, because we want all this this Yes. Which, by the way, I, I can do this all freaking <clears throat> day. Uh, and real quick, why is Goff, to bring it back to Detroit, what's Jared Goff doing that is so impressive? Like, why is he... He looks good to me. Like, you know, especially, you know, I, tell me what you're seeing with golf because. Well, first of all, I think he's got one of the most creative coordinators in the whole business. Okay. Ben, ben Johnson. Johnson. Okay. Like, he's going to be a head coach. Uh, I don't know if it was this year. He was interviewed last year. He wanted to stay. Um, so I think he's got a very, like, you know, and so then you go, he's got an excellent offense line. You got Panay Sewell. You got Frank Rag now. Yeah. You know, I mean, they've got a they drafted really well. Like they've got sides of the they've ball. got real horses up front. Yeah. You got a coach that wants to run the ball. Like we're not going to sit in shotgun and spread formations all day. We're going to run it. We're going to put you under center. And we're going to run it. So when you get that, um, and you just saw what Jameer Gibbs did in the last game. Like the kid's pretty special. Yeah, but yeah. regardless, David Montgomery, they got thumpers. So you get you get play action. He's under center. He's protected. But he's also always been a pocket quarterback, and he's always a little like Kirk Cousins, tougher than yeah. Like he'll take a hit. Yeah, like he doesn't melt when somebody's no. coming in his face. No. So he's got that, and then you know he's hitting the way the 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 offense designed, especially if you watch him on Ross St. Brown. Uh, I was going to bring him up. Okay, like he's a, he's I a very him. good route runner. Yeah. he's hungry. Yeah, he knows how many guys got drafted. For, like okay, yeah. But when you watch him, the routes to me, the routes he's always on the move away from the defender, but not into trouble. So the way it's schemed is you just throw it in, in front of the moving target. Yeah. Hit the moving target on the move, you're going to get yards after the catch. So he has a lot of that. Now he's got a, an elite young tight end in Sam Laporta who runs really good. Um, they had T.J. Hawkins before those, that. Those big 10 tight ends. Iowa tight ends, right, man. You know. But this kid is really good player, really good. Yeah, he's a great blocker. He's, he's got great hands. Oh, and, and, and he's a big target. You know, he's six yeah. foot six and he runs well. So you've got all these pieces, you know, and 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 the offense makes sense. And all he's got to do is just sort of run the offense. Like he doesn't have to be a hero. Yeah. He doesn't have to do what Josh Allen's doing in Buffalo. Yeah. Like it's not his style anyways, but he doesn't have to do that. And he's very good, and he's always been very good. Going back to Jeff Tedford, you know, in college, like he's always been very good at going through his progressions. Does he go through them as fast as Joe Burrow? I don't know if anybody does. But but he's 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 he for, and, and the other thing that's important, especially after what happened to him with the Rams, I can't – this is every position. Players know if the organization has your back. It's not even about money. You just know if they like you and want you. 
it's not patting you on the back, nice job, Jerry. It's not that, because that's a bunch of BS. It's they know you're our guy. You're our guy. Win or lose, good or bad, you're our guy. Until you're not our guy. But for right now, like all those yeah, people we are saying, no, yeah. but all those people actually did, you know, two first round picks, hey, they could trade up and go yes. They weren't, they it never entertained it. No. They got their guy. And so he That's feels, so important. It's, it's huge. <clears throat> because you feel calm. Like, you're not stressed over, like, oh, my God. Like, look, everybody's going to have a stinker. Everybody's going to have a clunker. <clears throat> Everybody. In, in any profession. So you've got to be able to walk in the building after a clunker and just go, yeah, I suck. Did nothing change. Right. It's, uh, you know, not feel it. Not feel it. <clears throat> That's a great point. All right. Coming up, ball these three meets. All right, so it's that time of the week where I, I love this because we're in the meat locker. It's the meats of the week. Three guys that Baldy, through all his film study, really stands out. And let me just say this. But Omaha Steaks, I hope you're listening because at some point, yeah, uh, we got to get you and our number one meat of the week deserves Tomahawk Steaks. Yeah. Delivered to the house. Thank you. Thank you. I get to grill. Omaha! Omaha! <laughs> All right. Let's go. Right. So Number three. I'm going to go. The best offensive line performance I saw this week was Tyron Smith in Dallas. Like, he's got, you know, you talk about meats. Yeah. He's got grips. Yeah. Like, when he gets his grips on you, you can't get them off. Yeah. I don't care if it's Josh Sweat, whoever he's going against. Yeah. Like, I know the Cowboys lost and the Eagles won. Well, I understand that. But Tyron Smith. Yeah. That was the most dominant offensive line performance I've seen. Yeah. Like, it was – like, his, he's so – when he's healthy, he's still st so strong. And he plays it different. Like, Lane is an athletic guy and Trent yeah. Williams. Like, yeah. he just – he literally takes you in a phone booth and just – Mauls you. Mauls you. He's a bear. He's a bear. He's a grizzly. Yeah. yeah. So, Tyron Smith is one. I like it. So, I, I, this next meet – you're going to find this hard to believe. But, like, I'm job. looking – like, th sometimes stories just – they pop right in front of me. So, I'm doing the Baltimore and Seattle game last week. The second quarter – so, I'm on the field before the game. I see OBJ down there. I see Morgan Bowes. I, I see the guys, right? So, I'm shooting a, I'm shooting a breeze with them. So, I'm standing there, and I'm, I'm watching Mark Andrews catch passes. Tight end for Baltimore. Oh, I love Mark Andrews. So, they have this kid that's kind of, like, warming up on the sideline all by himself, not paying any attention. So I look at him. It's, it's this kid, Keaton Mitchell. Oh, he's Carolina. He's Carolina. Okay. So I'm looking at him because, like, honestly, like, he's 5'8", maybe. Like, I think he's actually 5'7", seven, seven. He's 5'8", and he's maybe 190 pounds. So I'm thinking, okay, he's active. He hasn't been active. So I'm like, oh, they need somebody on special teams. So I don't even say hello to the kid. You know, I'm like, he's not going to be out there. You know, like, he'll, he'll be on special teams. And maybe he's a gunner. Who knows? Maybe he's going to return. I don't know. So I don't, I don't it, usually I see a new guy introduce myself. I'm like, he's not going to be a second quarter he comes in the game. So it's a 7-0 game. It's still very close. They start giving it to him on this one drive. Yeah. 11 yards, 9 yards, right through the teeth of the Seattle defense, breaking Bobby Wagner's tackle, running Jamal Adams over. So he, he carries it four times, 37 yards. So literally we're in a TV timeout, and I go, I don't have anything on Keaton Mitchell. I'm looking at my note. I don't have anything on him. So I Google, like I, I look at his college stats. Oh, East Carolina. 
Oh, he ran a four three seven. Yeah. Okay. And he had really productive back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he, was a, he was. He was yeah. a good back. Okay, but and I think um, I think they probably had like a fifth or sixth round grade on him. He was undrafted. So second quarter, the third quarter comes. So it's still a tight ball game, and he takes his hand off off left tackle, and he goes forty yards to the end zone. Right now, on the on that side of the field is Tariq Woolen, number twenty seven, the, the second year corner from. Uh, University of Texas San Antonio, UTSA. He ran a 4-2-7. He ran right by Tariq Woolen. Like right, right by him. Untouched, 40 yards touchdown. So now I'm thinking, okay, like, why hasn't this guy been on the field? Gus Edwards has been playing good and you know, Justice Hill. So then fourth quarter, he's out there and he takes one off right tackle this time and he goes 60. And he breaks four tackles along the way. They couldn't tackle him. And I'm thinking. He ran nine times for 134 yards yeah. against a good defense. Yeah, 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 yeah. And a touchdown. And I go, I'm, you know, I'm, fantasy owners are like, who's, you know, who's Keaton Mitchell? <laughs> like, I'm finding out who he is. I'm doing Baltimore this weekend's Cleveland. I know Cleveland knows who he is right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, sometimes when players just jump off the page, you don't know much about it, but you know, you know a lot now, like a lot of teams do. You go, damn, the Ravens just know what they're doing. Yeah, they do. They know how to draft. They just, they do. All right. The third guy is a number rogue. one meet of the week. Okay. There was a big game Sunday night in Cincinnati. Yep. So Cincinnati thumped Buffalo again. And when you watch the game, it looked like, a, like it was just a carbon copy of the playoff game. They just beat them right in the trenches. And Josh Allen's running all over the place. And they're just not productive when they have to do that. And the guy that is just wreaking havoc in the middle is DJ Reader. DJ Reader, number 98 for the Bengals. You know, he's he's basically your three technique, your one technique, your nose, depending on what front you're in. But he, he was unblockable. Like, he's just ruining the run game. They're trying to run, you know, like these sweeps, and yeah. they can't down block him. He's just running. Just, like, he's just, he, like, nobody ever talks about DJ Reader. Nobody can block him one-on-one. He's just too powerful. And Cincinnati is such an underrated defense. But they they are, and you can't – you said it about running the football. You can't run on Cincinnati. You know, there's always that talk about Tampa. You can't run on Tampa. You can't run on Tampa. You can't run on Cincinnati. No, they're, they're very good. So they have they have a lot of B.J. Hill, D.J. Reader, you know, Hendrickson, Hubbard. Like, they've got – They floated the ball. They really – The two floated. linebackers play every game together. Yeah. Jermaine Pratt, Logan Wilson. Yeah. Like, they just have pieces. They're just young this year at safety. You know, they got these young kids. Dax Hill was drafted in the first round the year before at Michigan. These got young safeties, but they got experience at corners. They got a slot corner. Mike Hilton is as good as anybody in the business. Like, and they got a really good, talented defensive coordinator. And when you look at the AFC North and you look at Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Baltimore, every one of those games in the second half of the season, starting this weekend in Baltimore, is just going to be a war. That's going to be awesome. Love that. You'll yeah. be there. All right. And Bully be reporting live. Yes. Be back uh, in Baltimore. With us. That'll do it for this week or today's episode. Tomorrow we'll be back and we got the midseason awards. Let's do it. All right. Let's put them so out there. We'll, we'll, we'll do that. All right, everybody. Oh, man. Be See you tomorrow. Y'all silly like the mayor. 